Part three of Wango and the Wise Old Crow by Grace and Carl Moon. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Part three The Thunder Drum, Section one. Chapter one The Year of the Great Thirst. The shadows of Timber Tangle Wood have hidden many a tale of wild adventure and treasure trove and magic of forest trail but here is a tale as it came to me and i'm told that it's really true by the little black bird who told it to me so i'm handing it on to you wango the little bear stood at the entrance to his cave his head hanging almost to his paws he looked and felt very lonely and discouraged he was weak and hungry and his friend caw the wise old crow was away wango did not know where he had gone and did not know what to do without him the world seemed a sad dark place the sides of wango's empty stomach seemed to rub together and call for food but stronger much stronger than that was the call of loneliness in his heart he felt that if he were left this way much longer he would just lie down and die all by himself but wango did not die as you shall see this is a tale of adventure and great magic and let it never be forgotten that the little bear did his part in the magic and did it well it was the year of the great thirst in timber tangle a year that all animals have good reason to remember the year of the warm winter when no snows came to melt into streams and pools in the spring all things that should have been green and fresh hung brown and dusty and rattled at the touch berries dried on the stem before they were ripe and nuts when they were picked were found to be just little withered specks in their hollow shells most of the streams were merely beds of bleached boulders white with dust and only here and there where water had been a rushing torrent in years past was there a tiny trickle between the stones just enough to satisfy the thirst of the many animals of timber tangle even these little streams grew scantier each day and first one and then another dried up altogether it had been many many moons since any rain had fallen and the larger animals were mere ghosts of themselves for the smaller animals on which they fed had long ago died or gone away in search of the green things on which they lived it must not be thought that caw the crow had been idle in all this time he had flown many a day's journey in every direction to see if he could find water but always came back with the same tale no rains had fallen anywhere and everywhere growing things were brown and dry and all living things cried for water a sort of watchman of timber tangle was caw for the little crow seemed never to sleep and there was not much that escaped his bright eyes it was a mystery to many of the animals why caw and wango were on such friendly terms the quick alert bird and the lumbering little bear but they certainly were almost always together for seldom was wango seen that somewhere in the tree-tops could not be distinguished the sheen of caw's black feathers wango's head dropped lower and lower as he considered these things and he grew more and more lonely and depressed when suddenly he jerked up with a start without preliminary flutter or noise of any kind the voice of caw broke sharply in on his sad thoughts 
stand on your head and jig and dance or wiggle your legs and howl and prance but don't stand there with a hanging head as if some friend of ours was dead what awful thing has happened now that you should wear such a troubled brow wongo looked up and heaved a great sigh of relief there was caw on his accustomed limb and immediately the world seemed a different brighter place well i'm glad to see that you're alive anyway continued the crow you hadn't moved since i landed here i have been watching you for some time and was beginning to wonder if you had learned to sleep standing up anything very terrible happened while i was away nothing worse than when you were here said wongo where in the world have you been have you found anything well yes and no said caw a bit doubtfully answering the last question i found an idea and ideas can be very helpful sometimes you can never tell have you seen choge the indian boy lately not very lately said wongo why he sat back on his haunches things did not seem so dark now with caw back even though the old crow himself was exceedingly dark and wongo's hollow insides did not seem to cry nearly so loudly for food that can wait said the crow and cocked his head on one side not hungry are you asked he and pretended to jump with fright at the snort let out by the little bear oh well don't eat me but i happened to find out just a short while ago where old chack the gray wolf who fell two days ago and broke his neck kept his meat there's some there yet gone was wongo's despondency he sprang to his feet and sniffed the air where was the single word he uttered and caw with a great pretence of hurry and bustle flapped his wings and rose from his limb crying as he did so just follow me and you shall see my nose is true and yours is too please use it now as you know how but don't be long the smell is strong and it may be stronger if we're longer it may meet us even cheat us for we'll lose it and confuse it if we meet oh hush shouted wongo you make my head buzz what are you talking about oh i don't know answered caw if the smell should meet us which would be the meat that's what i want to know meat bear or bear meat i can't see much difference but he got no further he had been flying from tree to tree giving wongo plenty of time to follow on his rather wobbly legs and now there was no doubt but that they had come to the place to which he had referred and wongo paid no further attention to caw for a time the little bear wondered as he ate why the other animals had not found the meat for as caw had said the smell was certainly plain and strong he found a fairly good supply of mountain sheep in the cache but where old jack had killed it he could not imagine it was good though and he was thankful to have his stomach again filled when he had eaten until he was satisfied and had carefully hidden what remained of the meat wongo turned gratefully to his old friend who sat preening his feathers on a nearby cottonwood tree now i'm ready to listen to what it was you were going to say a while ago he said what about choge caw did not answer for a moment but continued his cleaning operations presently with a final shake he settled himself on his limb and looked down at wongo have you anything particular to do this morning he asked as if in idle questioning 
what about choge wango asked again you had something to tell me about him patience patience my good friend said the old crow gravely i shall come to that presently wango felt very comfortable and lazy now he stretched himself out on a warm rock in the sun and waited good-naturedly for what his friend had to say he grunted with satisfaction and contentment as he fuzzed out his hairy coat and felt the rays of the sun sink down to his skin when wango had eaten his fill he always was sleepy as you evidently haven't anything to do this morning continued the crow i'll go on with what i was going to say go on grunted wango and his eyes were nearly closed for goodness sake don't go to sleep called caw suddenly alert there are things to do and to do now if we expect to see another winter in timber tangle here wake up what's the matter grunted wango who's going to sleep i was never more awake in my life with a great effort he opened his eyes wide to prove what he said what is there to do and who is going to do it well that sounds more like it said caw if you really are awake come on over to choge's cave and we will talk there the little bear got up very slowly and shook himself carefully all over beginning with first one leg and then the other and ending with the little flap he called a tail all right i'm ready he said only it seems to me the really sensible thing to do would be to take a nap caw chuckled it's plain to me the nap will soon take you if you don't take it if we wait here one minute longer this is no time for naps my friend you and i have work to do i have a plan you see no i don't see said wango a trifle crossly you mean you know of a place where we can get a good supply of water no not exactly but well come on and you'll see later caw flopped from his tree and flew slowly off in the direction of choge's cave the little bear following a bit reluctantly in his wake wango was still sleepy and not a little puzzled by caw's words curiosity as to what was meant as much as loyalty to his friend now spurred him on caw soon disappeared through the branches of the trees and the little bear followed slowly his tongue lolling out of his mouth as he wished in vain for a cool drink chapter two greyhead the grizzly wango had gone only a short distance following caw towards choge's cave when he heard a voice coming from a little clearing ahead of him and recognized it to be the voice of old greyhead an ancient grizzly who had lived long in timber tangle and had known wango's father the old bear was possessed with the idea that he was chief of the animals of the region and never tired of telling how he won his position much to the weariness of his hearers who had secretly nicknamed him old waggle jaw but who never dared mention the name to his face for though he was old greyhead was still easily the biggest and strongest bear in timber tangle and none would dare to invite a swing from one of his mighty paws so his tales had to be listened to with grave faces but once behind his back his listeners would laugh at him and mock him and name of wagglejaw was freely used wango felt too lazy to walk around the clearing and thus avoid meeting old greyhead so he went straight on much to his regret a few minutes later 
He walked into the clearing, looking neither to right nor left, and attempted to cross it without being stopped, but he reckoned without Greyhead. The old bear looked up with a grunt of satisfaction and spoke to a group seated about him. Here is one who knows that I tell the truth, for his father was there. Wongo, I was just about to tell these friends here of the act of daring and courage that made me chief of Timber Tangle. Wongo gave an inward groan and cast his eyes in the direction in which Caw had flown. He thought he could see him far away, flitting among the trees. I can't stop now, he said hurriedly. S Some other time. Old Greyhead caught him by the leg and pulled him down toward him. Not so fast, my young friend, he said. Who has a better right to your time than I, your chief? Come, it will not take long. I just want you as witness to the truth of what I say. A far-off voice came back through the trees. Come on, come on, Slowpoke. I can't, shouted Wongo. Forgetting himself in his anger at being detained, he called out, It's Wagglejaw. Old Greyhead looked at him and frowned deeply. What do you mean by shouting at me in that way? And who or what is Wagglejaw? He had evidently not heard the call of the crow, and the other animals, two bears and a gray wolf, looked startled and exchanged strange glances. Wango was startled too, and frightened at what he had said in his annoyance. He longed to escape, but saw no immediate chance, as old Greyhead held him tightly by the leg, awaiting his explanation of the name Wagglejaw. It's, uh, it is an animal, stammered the little bear, and a snicker passed between the two bears and the wolf, and he heard an echo of it from a nearby tree, and knew that Caw had returned to discover the cause of his delay. An animal, repeated Greyhead, called Wagglejaw? I never heard of it. It can't be in Timber Tangle. Yes, said Wango, picking up courage. That's where I was going now. It's a queer animal, and I was going to hunt it. Hmm, said Greyhead. What kind of an animal? Does it look good to eat? The bears and wolf gave a queer, smothered yell at this, and Greyhead looked up with a threatening frown. Silence there. Have more respect for your elders. If there is an animal in this forest that can be hunted down and eaten, it is for me your chief to do it. But tell me where it was that you last saw this, this wabble-jaw, Wongo. We will go and find him. Wongo wiggled uneasily and cast an imploring glance up at the tree where Caw sat smoothing his feathers. He was in a trap, and he looked hopefully to his friend to get him out, as he usually did, but Caw made no sign. Uh, he, uh, he wasn't far f from here, began the little bear uncertainly, when to his great relief and joy, Caw broke in, clearing his throat several times to gain the attention of the group below him and addressing himself particularly to Greyhead. I believe, he began with a little cough, that I know more about this waggle-jaw than anyone else, and, uh, with your kind permission, I'll tell you about him, especially as our friend Wongo seems to be a little short of breath. Greyhead nodded shortly, and Caw went on. Now, Wacklejaw lives fairly near here, that is, at times. Then again, he lives quite far away, for he isn't always at each place, as is the way with most of us. As to how he looks, well... Caw began to drawl in a comical way, and a quick giggle broke from the other animals, as Caw dropped into verse. 
when once you've seen him face to face you'll know him without doubt for on his head there's not a trace when he is turned about of any hair except what's there nor on his back a spot a fur or skin that's dark or fair except where there is not and he's a fearful creature too as you will surely find for he can bite a tree in two with only half a mind the other half so i am told he uses as a paw when enemies get overbold to club them in the jaw now the reason he is in this neighbourhood continued caw slowly is that he has heard that you want to meet him and then too he's very fond of bear meat and this is his hungry time of year i saw him as i passed a little while ago and thinking to do you a favour i told him that you were many miles from here on the other side of the divide in fact and he was headed that way when i left him so drawled the old crow in finishing his tale he isn't likely to make you a call to-day he looked rather self-conscious as he ceased speaking and sat back on his limb with an attempt at dignity as he waited for greyhead to speak that old bear was too much confused to say anything he did not know what to think he felt as if he should thank caw for saving his life and yet he did not feel just certain about anything he looked at the other bears but they would not meet his eye as they were quivering with concealed mirth all of them however felt it wise to keep silent before greyhead could collect his puzzled thoughts enough to speak caw began again i thought as i came near that i heard you telling of how you became chief of timber tangle that was a safe thing to say as it was seldom that greyhead spoke of anything else how well i remember hearing mongo's father old silvertip tell of that wonderful time and of your heroic actions old greyhead held his head high and looked with an i told you so air at his companions and i nearly laughed myself sick continued caw at the picture he drew of the animals scrambling up the sides of the canyon as you held a great boulder against the flood waters that were pouring through the gap it makes me laugh now to think of it ha 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 and the other animals including wango joined with a whoop in his merriment letting out all the mirth that had been filling them for the last half hour in shouts of joy rolling on the ground and clawing at the dry leaves until the tears ran from their eyes and the nearby hills echoed to their shouts greyhead joined in rather feebly at first but finally he laughed with all the vim of the others not realizing that they were laughing at him and not with him when the wave of merriment had quieted down a little caw spoke again that is the finest tale in timber tangle that reminds me as i passed the cave of the two cinnamon bears a short time ago i heard them speaking about it i think you have never told it to them and they were wishing they could hear it first-hand caw almost choked on the last words but he got them out greyhead rose immediately the cinnamon bears you say oh i'll go now i've nothing particular to do and he was ambling off through the timber almost before the words were out of his mouth as soon as greyhead was beyond earshot the laughter began anew and caw almost rolled off his perch in glee but suddenly recollecting his business of the morning he attracted wango's attention come we've lost a lot of time let's go he called 
and the two set off as if they had had no interruption to their journey chapter three at the cave of chogay wongo and kaw found chogay the indian boy in front of his cave cutting rawhide into long strips to make traps he told them he was plainly very glad to see them chogay had lived in timber tangles since most of the animals could remember though how he came there was a mystery to all but kaw who seemed to know everything the little indian boy was at home and on friendly terms with all the animals and birds who attended to their own proper business but it was well known that when a law of the woods or desert was broken chogay did all he could to hunt down and punish the wrongdoer so he had some enemies but many friends in timber tangle when the two visitors had made themselves comfortable on the rock in front of his cave chogay brought out a handful of seeds for the crow and for the bear some ripe berries from a little patch he had managed to keep green in spite of the terrible drought after the manner of indians the animals were silent for some time and did not immediately come to the reason for their visit but finally kaw spoke chutawen the eagle is a friend of yours isn't he chogay yes answered chogay the eagle and i are good friends he really owes his life to me as i thought said kaw would he do big things for you i think he might do anything i'd ask answered the indian boy why mm, said kaw without answering the question do you know where he is i can whistle for him we have a signal if he doesn't hear there are those who carry the message to him suppose you whistle now said kaw uh, no on a second thought don't chitawen and i are not exactly on friendly terms he had better not see me just yet i have a scheme on foot and it would be best for no one to know just what it is but myself i'll tell you this much i'm after water much water and i want to know if you two are willing to trust me and ask no questions yes answered chogay and wongo at the same moment and this ready answer plainly pleased the old crow very much he gave a sigh of relief well that's settled now for business you wongo must go up to the top of skulltop mountain and on the bald spot that you know of there make the biggest thickest bed of leaves you ever made in your life wongo sat back on his haunches and his jaw dropped open what on earth he began and stopped short for kaw cocked his head on one side and snapped out what did i say now there you go just right away twas ever so instead of going to your task you simply sit and gape and ask well answered wongo a trifle sheepishly you didn't want me to rush right off now did you yes kaw remarked dryly it will take you quite a while to get up the mountain and longer to gather the leaves make the pile big and deep mind you but can't i hear what chogay's going to do first no said kaw you'll hear all about that later run along now for your job's very important wongo left them going very slowly it is true and with many a backward glance at the two kaw chuckled to himself a good kindly friend my little bear always good-natured and merry anything doing he's sure to be there but curious very oh very he chuckled again and turned to chogay i want chudawen the eagle to take you up to the above country 
have you ever been pointing to the clouds no i haven't said chogay why in the world do you want me to go up there and what would i do after i got there you're asking much friend caw you promised to do as i said and not ask questions are you going back on your word no answered chogay slowly go on i'll tell you what we are going for on the way up went on caw and as for what you will do well i'll be there too you see and i'll tell you that at the time tell chutawen to take you up as you have important business in the cloud country suppose you call him now there is no time to lose as we are if we succeed about to do a service for timber tangle that will never be forgotten if it's a real adventure said chogay i'm for it and he gave a clear shrill whistle which was repeated some distance away and then again far off in the forest i'll just step inside your cave while you talk with chudawin said caw and suiting the action to the word he hopped into the cave mouth after a short interval there came a rush of wind and caw knew that the great eagle had arrived you call for me little brother said a voice and chogay answered yes chudawin i have a great favour to ask you have only to name it little brother my bones would have been drying on skulltop mountain if it had not been for you and my heart is grateful what is it that i can do for you i have some important business in the up above country can you take me there why yes answered chudawin readily enough i am chief of the air people as you know and have a right to entrance to the up above country i will tell them that you are my tribe brother and they will welcome you when would you like to go now answered chogay well said chudawin fortunately i have flown but little this morning and my wings are fresh have you a bit of food handy we'll both need a meal before we're back i have a bag of dried goat's meat and seeds of the pinion said chogay will that do fine answered chudawin bring it along it has been many many moons since i tasted the meat of the goat so chogay went back into the cave and while he was getting the bag of goat meat he whispered to caw the eagle will take me as soon as i get some food now how about you you say you are going to yes i'm going in disguise said caw in a low voice hurry just a bit with what you are doing for you must do something for me before i can show myself to your friend chudawin so chogay fastened the bag of meat to a thong at his waist as quickly as he could and stepped over to caw have you some red paint asked the crow yes replied chogay well get it continued the crow and paint me all over with it make my beak white hurry chogay hesitated for a long moment but seeing that caw was very much in earnest he took a small bag from a peg in the cave wall and went swiftly to work he had long ago discovered many bright rocks and brilliantly covered bits of earth that could be carefully powdered and when mixed with water made wonderful paint then he had discovered the need of having something to draw with and had used small pieces of hide with hair attached which he had tied about the ends of little twigs and dipping them in his paints made great drawings in colour of the animals and birds and trees of the forest much to the admiration of all timber tangle he had never before painted a living creature but he rather enjoyed his task when the beak was painted a snowy white the crow turned gravely round for chogay to examine him carefully to see that the disguise was complete chogay almost choking with inner laughter 
but afraid to show his amusement for fear of offending his friend assured him that even his mother would not know him if she saw him now are you sure i look all right insisted caw fine answered chogay and grinned in spite of himself well we'll go now introduce me to chudawin as a friend of yours mr redskin suppose we say and be sure to say i have a bad cold chogay could not resist asking what is the trouble between you and chudawin but he was sorry the moment he had asked for he could see strange as it seemed that the question had made caw uncomfortable he gave the impression of being red in the face but of course that might have been the paint for he was red all over he stretched his neck and hesitated for a second chogay felt he was going to say something sharp but he seemed to change his mind and cocked his head on one side with a rather quizzical expression what about asking questions caw said i'll have to tell you about the whys ever hear of them and without waiting for an answer he chanted in a low voice there once was a tribe called the wise who thought to become very wise they went to the crows for as every one knows a crow is quite bright for his size they asked very deeply of laws and of words quite too big for their jaws but the crows with a sigh answered every big why very plainly and simply with cause the crow stopped and cleared his throat with one bright twinkling eye on chogay i thought you had some goat meat in there said a voice from the cave entrance are you waiting for a little kid to grow up and have it killed and dried and who's in there with you a friend called chogay i'm coming now and he stepped out to where the eagle was waiting caw followed without a word my friend wants to come with us to the up above country said chogay to chudawin his name is redskin and he is a tribe brother of mine chudawin eyed caw with a puzzled expression i think i've never seen your friend before he is the largest red bird i ever saw he reminds me of someone though i cannot think who you are not of timber tangle he asked caw no answered the old crow in a low voice i am from the other side of the divide the voice too mused chudawin redskin has been hoarse for days spoke chogay hastily he does not sound at all like himself shall i get on your back he asked hoping to draw attention away from caw yes we'd better go said the eagle the wind is just right now end of part three section one